Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. We are recording on Tuesday afternoon. This will drop into your feed on Wednesday morning. And uh, markets are pretty big, up about, uh, I don't know, between one and two and a half percent. This is, I don't know what it is. I wish I could explain it to you. I guess that there's a number of things. One could basically be that nobody knows what's going to happen, but you know, there's no other place to put your money, so stocks seem fine. Another is that maybe we're going to see the worst of the economic impact. I don't know. doesn't seem that way to me, but I could be wrong. Um, otherwise, I, there's not a lot of explaining to do around it. I just, I, I want you all to be, I guess, happy-ish that there is a rising stock market. So it's one less thing that you have to freak out about. Maybe also you can be content in knowing that you should not have done anything with your money in March. Hopefully you didn't. If you have a financial question, please do contact us. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Let's get to your questions. Um, this is from John. I'm a freelance business writer with no work this year so far. Ooh, sorry, man. Do I have to pay estimated taxes on my $1,200 federal coronavirus stimulus check? The answer, no, you don't. And the other question is, do I have to apply the $1,200 income to my annual 2020 filing? Do I have to apply the $1,200 income? No, it's not taxable. So you don't have to do either of those. See, I had to read that twice just so I could uh, remember what I was saying here. Ignacio writes, my mother referred me to you as she absolutely devours your content. Oh, I love your mother already. A wise woman. Anyway, Ignacio says, I am a 35-year-old who is getting married soon, has to face the truth of my financial situation. My fiance knows that I still have student debts, and I promised her that I would get rid of them before we got married. Her parents worked hard so that she wouldn't have any debt, and it would not be good for her to marry into any. I have a federal loan that I track and pay, but I also have private loans that at one point went into default. In recent years, they were sold. I lost track as to who was in possession of them. I tried reaching out to settle the debt. I couldn't get a confirmation as to who owned my loan. Good God. Okay. I recently did a soft check on my credit. My car loan and my federal loan showed up. There's nothing about the private loans. A friend of mine thinks that the statute of limitations may have expired, but now I'm scared to reach out to anyone in fear they will reactivate. Did they write them off or are they lurking in the deep somewhere? Any help would be greatly appreciated. I don't know if they're lurking in the deep. It seems like they may have written them off because wouldn't it normally just appear on your credit report? I mean, you've done your best to try to explore where they are. Uh, I don't know what more you could really do. Yeah. I mean, Mark is saying that if your score is a decent score, maybe that's um, indicative that this is all in the past. Okay. This is from Doug from Long Island. Hi, Doug. I'm on Long Island too. Okay. Two questions. Uh, and by the way, he says, thanks for the pod. It's insightful. Hmm. Why don't all employers offer Roths? Is there some detriment to the employer? No, it's paperwork. It's ridiculous. They wish they would all do it. So it's just that they're not doing it because probably making changes is a pain. Number two question, for a backdoor Roth, are there income limits? I make $260,000. My idea was $6,000 for me and my non-working wife are twelve grand total. Well, the backdoor Roth, you're making a contribution into a non-deductible IRA account. So you wouldn't, there's no limits on that. But in order to do the backdoor Roth, you've got to make sure there's not other 
other IRA accounts floating around because that can screw you up. So if you might have another IRA account, that could be a problem. So you really need to know that. Otherwise, you're going to be subject to some rules that are going to make the backdoor Roth less attractive. Okay, bonus question. Through uh, my Bank of America Merrill online account, I am invested in the Vanguard Total Stock Market Fund. Is that the same thing as investing in it directly with Vanguard or is Merrill skimming a fee somewhere? Thanks. I'd have to see the statement. My guess is that there's usually a fee somewhere or other for a Merrill online account, but I would double check. And frankly, if you have, if you want to just own a Vanguard account, then own a Vanguard account and don't go through Bank of America Merrill. Let's see here. This is from Melanie. Here's the facts. I've been at my job for 33 years and I turned 60 in August. My employer has offered me an early buyout package worth about $23,000 with, get this, lifetime medical. Mm. I currently earn about $57,000 a year. I've got $480,000 in a TIAA account, $93,000 in savings, IRAs, and investments. The only debt I have, a $30,000 mortgage balance, which will be paid off in 2024. I live on 35 grand a year, so would use $70,000 of my savings to support myself for two years. Then I would draw down on my pension at 62, which is when I would also collect social security. Is this a wise plan? Also, really enjoy the podcast. Hmm. I like Lifetime Medical. (sighs) This is a tough one. Okay. Here's a question that I have. Do you like your job? I think that there's something missing here. We don't know whether you're dying to retire or not. Generally speaking, I don't love taking um, an early retirement unless you really want out. You didn't tell us when you thought you were going to retire. So, I mean, it sounds like a fine plan, especially if you just had it and you really want to be out and be done. But it's not ideal to claim social security benefits early. So I guess that, you know, if you could work a few more years, what's the downside of doing that except that you work? So I don't know. It depends. Is this like, oh my God, it's my escape hatch? Or is this like, eh, I really like what I do. I'd rather keep working. Andy writes, I've been a regular listener to your podcast long before the coronavirus shutdown. It was my go-to podcast at the gym. And now I begin my home workout routine with your daily economic Q&As. Thanks to you and the team for keeping this going. Uh, Andy, the team is the team of two. Mark and Jill. That's it. With a little help from spouses and family. Okay. I've been sitting on the fence for a few months thinking of moving some extra money from a fixed annuity account to a Vanguard index fund. However, there's so many to choose from. I end up staying put in a state of inertia. One major concern is that I'd like to put the money in a socially responsible fund. Many companies are engaged in ventures damaging to the environment and may not have the best reputation for respecting international human rights or ethical treatment of animals. Can you recommend an index fund that I could feel positive about? I'd also appreciate a discussion about responsible bond indexes and what a newbie like me should be looking for. What types of bonds should be avoided? Thanks again for your kindness and heartfelt advice, Andy. Okay, Andy. 
The um, Listen, environmentally responsible funds, socially responsible funds, all of these are uh, a burgeoning and exploding area of the investment world. The thing that's tough about them is that you know, you've got to decide what lane you want to be in. So there can be some that are concerned with the environment and some that are concerned with human rights and some that are, so they've got little, they've got different permutations. The key, I guess, is, you know, what is it that's going on in your financial life to begin with? Is this money that is just going to be sort of fun money or is this really critical to the success of hitting your retirement goals? So I want to know more about you first, Andy. Then we need to figure out whether there's a socially responsible fund that that's appropriate for you. In terms of the bonds, it is way harder. So a lot of people have been saying that really when it comes to the the bond part of this, that that's lagged the stock part of it. So that's something that we'd have to look more into. But please first follow up with us and let us know about what's the kind of the critical areas of your financial life. Hope that helps. All right, that's it. That is today's show. Uh, When we get back to you, which will be tomorrow in your feed, we'll answer more of your questions. If you'd like to talk to us, all you have to do is send an email. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. That's Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Wash your hands, wear those masks, maintain your social distance, and don't forget, you can subscribe to this anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. Go ahead and lift somebody up today. Do me a favor. It'll make you feel good about yourself. Okay, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.